Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Dear viewers, salamun alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to this year's Imam Ali conference. American Muslims are struggling. Close to 25% report anxiety disorders and 30% report mood disorders. With poor well-being, strained relationships, religious and cultural insensitivity, it is the Muslim youth who are struggling the most and with their identity. The numbers are very similar to Muslim youths across the Western world. I'm your host, Hussein Sajjad Hussein, and I'm delighted to moderate our next panel discussion on the topic of Muslim youth and identity struggle with our esteemed guest, Sayyid Saleh Kazwini and sister Leila Naji. Thank you both for joining us and having this conversation with me. Salaam alaikum. Salaam alaikum. Thank you very much for having me. Let me take a quick, very quick moment to introduce our panelists. Sayyid Saleh Kazwini is the founding Imam of the Muslim Educational Community Center of America. He has graduated from the Islamic Seminary of Qom, where he studies our focus primarily on Islamic jurisprudence and Islamic scripture. He later acquired a bachelor's degree in sociology from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and a master's degree in Near Eastern studies from Wayne State University. Said Saleh, of course, as we all know, travels to numerous communities worldwide, spreading the teachings of Islam and the Ahlul Bayt. And Said Saleh also teaches courses on Quranic studies and Islamic ideology at the Hoja Seminary. Our second panelist, Sister Leila Naji, has a master's degree in psychology with an emphasis on marriage and family therapy. Sister Leila is also a mental health educator, conducting many workshops on various mental health and life skills. Uh, and Sister Leila, of course, um, as we most of us most of us know uh, from following her on social media, is a uh, a counselor and a life life coach, uh, and she also runs her own business uh, and has been working with clients for over nine years. Uh, Miss Naji is a professor of psychology at the University of Liverna, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, and is also a certified positive discipline parent educator. You can follow uh, Sister Layla on Instagram at Life Coach Layla. Thank you again both for joining us on this conversation. Alhamdulillah, we're glad to have you uh, on this panel where our topic as mentioned at the beginning is the identity struggle uh, facing Muslim youth. I'd like to begin uh, this discussion uh, with Sayyid Saleh. Sayyidna, can we understand or can you help us understand what does it mean to have an Islamic identity? Well, as we know, Islam is a universal religion. Islam as a religion surpasses all cultures, all uh, forms of obstacles that stop people from moving. Islam is a universal religion. Anyone could be a Muslim. Anyone could be a Muslim. So what it means to be a Muslim is to believe in God and to prioritize your faith and your belief above anything else. You could be an American Muslim. You could be Arab. You could cross all boundaries and at the same time be a Muslim. Being Having an Islamic identity means putting Islam above everything else. Ali ibn Abi Talib, he has a very beautiful statement. He says, I do not see anything except I see God before it, within it, and after it. And this could kind of summarize what it means to have an Islamic identity. You could be anywhere, but if you put Islam above all, then you will have an Islamic identity. 
So how does one identify as a Muslim within the public domain, Sayyid? So to identify as a Muslim, of course, Islamically, you would have to say the Shahada. But to talk about someone who takes up the Islamic identity, it means fulfilling the obligations, fulfilling the duties, making sure that you are implementing the religious teachings and practicing the religious uh, teachings. And you would be a Muslim. You would be a practicing Muslim. Wherever you may be, you could be a practicing Muslim. See, you would, when it comes to anything else, when it comes to any other culture, any other nationality, you can't have two. You can't mix. But Islam, it mixes. Islam is universal. Islam could, um, it's, you, could you could be a Muslim wherever you are, as long as you just practice the religious teachings. Sister Layla, when Sayyidina describes this identity so simply, it feels like there is no issue and there's no problem. However, we do realize and know that there is a crisis, or isn't there a crisis, Sister Layla, facing Muslim youth in America today? Well, thank you very much to the Sayyid and his wise words, and I wish it was that simple. You know, uh, and I think Islam does make it simple for us. But unfortunately, there is so much influence from everything around us. And especially when it comes to youth, there are so many things that they are currently exposed to that are sort of drag dragging them in different directions, different influences that they are under, that are undermining their Islamic identity, things that seem to be more appealing. As human beings, psychologically and emotionally, we have a sense to want to belong, and we have a sense that want to be accepted. And so sometimes if you are in the minority, to be accepted and to feel the sense of belonging, you're going to be tempted to do the things that the majority are doing. And what our youth are exposed to these days, which maybe wasn't the case maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, is things like social media and media in general. And it is honestly an ongoing and upheld battle for parents and for everybody, even as us as adults were influenced. And so even as adults, we can have identity issues. And so, they're even, we're in the age of having Muslim influences now, but is it necessarily a good influence? And so I think there is definitely a crisis for people who are growing up in the West, even people who are growing up in Muslim countries. And I think the sense of identity needs to be reinforced by family and positive role models. And unfortunately, because we're living in we're sort of scattered and we're not living in the sort of village mentality that we used to where you had a village to raise a family or extended family. Unfortunately, the youth are looking outside of families and the community for their role models, which is contributing to this sense of identity crisis. Right. Sayyidina, I mean, Sister Leila mentioned some very, very good points there regarding the youth struggling with peer pressure, with social media. And of course, even as adults, we, we face a very similar kind of uh, pressure within our own circles, whether at work uh, and uh, within the greater society. So Sayyidina, when it comes to having an Islamic identity, is it important for one to have an Islamic identity? And should we be proud of showcasing that identity uh, in the world that we live in? Yes, of course, um, it's very important to have an Islamic identity. But before we go, um, what I was saying is Islam as an ideology allows us to have uh, to have an Islamic identity and live wherever we wherever we are. I could be living in America and I can have an Islamic identity. Now, is it a struggle? Is there a crisis? 
that is, of course, there is a struggle. Of course, it's a, and we are witnessing a crisis that, that is going on. But it's, it's very important for a Muslim who is a practicing Muslim to uphold and to sanctify the Islamic identity. Because see, we live in a time of change. There's constant changes in our lives. Well, I live in a time that is very different from the time that my parents lived. My, my kids live in a time that is very different from the time that I live. So it's only normal to face an identity crisis. Even if we were non-Muslims, we were just American or Canadian or British or wherever you are, you're going to constantly be facing an identity struggle, regardless of the faith. Now imagine having the faith on top. But why is it important to have faith? Why is it important to have my Islam be the um, help me lead my life and make make decisions and make it be my identity? Because in a time of change, let us have our faith be the constant. In a time, in a world of variables where everything is changing around us, let your faith be the constant. Why is that so? Because if your faith is the constant, then your faith is going to help you live a fruitful life, live a comfortable life, and it's also going to help you in the afterlife as well. And Islam as a religion, it's not just a faith. It's, it's not just a spirituality where I'm connecting to God and I'm praying. Islam actually helps us live our lives and deal with modern day challenges. You know, some people, they're, they're disconnected with religion or disconnected with Islam and saying, I don't need prayer. You know, I have other things to, to satisfy my, myself and satisfy, you know, I, I don't need religion. Religion is irrelevant right now. But we say that religion is very relevant because not only it's, is it a form of spirituality, but it's a form of, it's a method, it's a lifestyle that helps us deal with challenges that we are facing today and the, and the challenges that we are dealing with today. Indeed. I mean, of course, Islam does provide solutions to all of our problems. Um, and Sister Leila, as Sayyidina mentioned, that we can have multiple identities. We can be Muslim living in America, Britain, Canada, or any part of the world. But from a psychological perspective, uh, Sister, uh, what happens to somebody who is confused? I mean, even within the Muslim community, there seems to be a, a, a crisis in terms of just identifying as a Muslim. Am I a Shia Muslim? Am I a Sunni Muslim? Am I another type of Muslim. Um, so there's multiple identities within Islam that one is trying to ascertain as to which sect, which form, which group they belong to. And then on top of that, you have the society they live in. So what is the psychological effect? What happens to somebody who is confused uh, about where they belong? Well, I think when somebody is going through this identity crisis or this confusion, what it can stem from many things. It can stem from experiencing a traumatic event. It can stem from being diagnosed with a chronic health disorder. It can stem from moving, say, from one place to another and having a big adjustment period. And it can also stem with the process of growing through life, reaching adolescence, pre-adolescence and going into adulthood. Now, there's a very famous psychologist called Eric Erickson that some people may have heard from. Uh, and his theories have lasted over decades. And he says that we all have to go through certain stages and complete certain tasks in order to fulfill our sense of self. And essentially, your identity is your sense of self, 
who you believe yourself to be, what you believe yourself capable of, uh, what you stand for. And again, Islam gives us guidelines for all of that. It gives us all of the values and the guidelines of what we stand for, what our values should be, what we believe in. And I think, unfortunately, when somebody is having these struggles, what it can lead to is feelings of confusion, feelings of insecurity, heightened feelings of anxiety and feelings of depression. When somebody is not sure of themselves, where they belong, who they are, they tend to withdraw. They tend to back away from whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's um, just kind of not engaging with people. And it turns into a very negative uh, self-talk that they're having inside of their brain. They don't feel good enough. They don't feel effective. So what is important for us to do, the great thing is that there are solutions to this and there are definitely things that we can do to change it. And we can look at an identity crisis as an opportunity to stop, reevaluate and reflect on who we want to be and to assess, well, what is important to me? What matters to me? And a lot of the time, those messages are coming to us from amazing scholars like the Sayyid, who are engaging with the youth, who are talking about topics that are relevant in the youth's lives right now, which you know before were a little bit taboo and weren't talked about. And it's really important for parents, and I know sometimes parents feel like, oh, it's always on us, but it, it really is. We are the first ones that are giving an example of what it means to be a Muslim. And Islam guides us to engage with our children, to talk with our children, to be examples for our children. And if we are engaged in our adolescence and our youth's lives, and we're not just leaving them to be staring in front of a screen and getting all of their information from there, if we are able to have the difficult conversations, the taboo conversations, and sort of find a fine line between being a friend and a parent, and opening up and allowing ourselves to go through this journey through life with them, then that is what is going to help them to realize that having a Muslim identity is a positive thing. And we can model for them that as parents, we're out there existing in this society, maintaining our faith, showing others, you know, we can work, we can teach, we can study. And there's really nothing about Islam that's holding us back. Absolutely. And uh, I, I love the fact that you brought you bring you bring about parents. I'm a parent. I've got two small kids um, and my six year old right now um, somewhat seems to kind of <laughs> already trying to um, understand where he belongs in the community and in the school that he goes to. Um, Sayyidina, you know, as parents, what are the conversations that we're supposed to be having with our children who are like my child's age, you know, six and, 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 and growing older now? What are those um, topics and discussions that we're supposed to have with our children. I mean, when he comes out from school, he wants to be a footballer. You know, he puts on YouTube and he wants to just follow uh, the superstars that, that that are there in, in the footballing world. Um, and then an hour later, we say to him, okay, now Ali Hadi, you have to listen to Quran. And then uh, when, when Rajab comes along, you know, listen to Ali Fadl and, uh, and all the other Nasheed reciters, you know. And so as parents, we try to put different kind of hats on our children and and sometimes it gets confusing upon them, you know. Um, so what are the what are the, the the discussions that, from an Islamic perspective, a father or a parent should have with their child when it comes to forming their identity, and then enabling them to be very confident Muslims, uh, inshallah. So um, I agree with what Sister Leila mentioned that the role of the family is very important, and in fact, it's the family that um, instills um, the identity in a child. Now, once they get older, then they start developing their own identity. They start getting exposed in schools and the university. But it's actually the parents 
It's the family that instilled that identity. And you have the opportunity to instill an Islamic identity, or you have the opportunity to allow Peppa Pig to install the identity in your children. So it's all on the parent. I believe there's a greater, uh, great share of responsibility in the first uh, few years of the life of the child. And I believe that the parents should try to educate their, their uh, children, the family, so that they are not just practicing their religion because it's something that they, they took from their parents, but something that they should be proud of, one. And second, they need to know why they're doing certain things. I hear, you know, I see a lot of sisters, for example, taking off the hijab or some, they, they don't pray. Some of them, they start eating haram meat. They, they start doing certain things that you ask them why they say, because I didn't, I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't understand the philosophy behind it. I didn't understand the reasoning behind it. And it's normal. You put any person in a, you tell them to do something and they don't know why they're doing it. Eventually they're not going to do it anymore. So, you know, this is not something strange. But when we see some of these people, they're having identity crisis, we come and we, you know, we raise the alarms. We need to know what is the problem that has caused this in the beginning? What was the root of the problem? And I believe that the root of the problem is that the mind, the mind and the body and the soul, they're not aligned. You, you need to have, if you're praying and you're physically in a place, in a masjid, in a Husseiniya, in a Imam Barga, but your mind needs to also know why. Your mind needs to know what you're doing. What's the reasoning behind it? Once you know that, then you will be able to have conviction. And when you have conviction, then nothing could steer you away from your identity. To wrap up the conversation, we have a few minutes left. Should we have multiple identities or just one, uh, Sister Leila? Does this wearing of multiple hats cause further confusion? Should we just be Muslim and end off? And yeah, Muslim who just happens to be living in America or Britain or Canada. I think I'll go back to what the Sayyid started with initially, which is reminding ourselves and our children that Islam is not here to limit us. Islam, it actually provides us with this set of guidelines that we can be all that we can be, but it's just trying to make us better humans in the process. It encourages us to better ourselves. It encourages us to be kind to others. It encourages us, us to educate ourselves and constantly improve ourselves and, you know, cradle to the grave in terms of um, enhancing our knowledge and our education. And so absolutely, we should have multiple identities. I'm a mother, I'm also a wife, I'm also a daughter, I'm also a teacher, I'm also a friend, I'm a, I should be able to do all of these things, but the one thing that unifies all of them should be my Islamic identity. So who I am as a friend and the way I interact with my friends, who I am with my colleagues, the way I interact with them, who I am with my children, how I interact with them, with my husband, in my job, etc. that can all be done under the umbrella of the Muslim identity. And what I will say is that when children learn the best by what we do rather than what we say. And I remember growing up in the culture of, you know, do this. And as they say, it said, I didn't know why. I just knew I'd be in trouble if I didn't do it. <laughs> and that isn't very motivational. And it almost makes Islam seem like a cultural thing rather than a religious thing, you know. And in a lot of households, it is. We just do it because that's what we do. And as they say, it said, I, you know, my children are 15 and 13 now. You know, they're interesting and challenging years. And 
I try my best to the best of my knowledge, explain to them, as the Sayyid said, why the reason behind things. And I see that their relationship with religion is much different than mine. It isn't surrounded by fear. They don't worry about punishment and things like that. They realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a loving figure and that Islam is guiding us for our best selves and they see it in a much more positive light and I see them understanding more than I ever did and I'm learning with them because I'm taking the time to teach them and to explain and I think that understanding of why something is important it's like a teacher telling you to do an assignment and then sort of why do I have to do it because I said so well, that's not really going to motivate you to do anything. You know, what's the end? What am I going to gain from this? What's the end result? But I think the biggest reminder is that, again, it's not do as I say and not as I do. So we have to be practicing what we preach. Our children have to see us showing that we can have a positive Islamic identity, showing how it can incorporate itself in all aspects of our lives and not diminish us, not hold us back in any way and be something that actually we can be proud of and pe can attract people to us. Mashallah, I think that was a wonderful closing, Sister Layla. I would like to um, ask Sayyidna to present his, his closing remarks as well when it comes to this identity uh, within Muslims. Sayyidna, can you just please share some of your thoughts on how or tips that you can share uh, on how somebody can form a confident identity given the challenges that we're facing uh, around the globe today? So I think a lot of uh, very important points were shared already, but I would like to just share this one final point that we need to always ask Allah for the guidance to have the thabat, to be strong in our identity, to have the, uh, you know, there's a dua, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala dinik. This is actually a dua to be done during the time of the ghaybah. And as we are celebrating the birth of Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib, you see that Amir al-Mu'mineen, his faith was constant. While others, their faith went up or down, it changed based on the circumstances that they went through. So everyone goes through an identity crisis. Everyone goes through an identity struggle, not a crisis always, but a struggle. But if you have faith, if you have conviction, if you know why you're doing what you're doing, then your faith will be strong. And above all, do dua. The hidayah comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The guidance comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always ask Allah for the guidance to keep you on the right path. Ahsan, thank you so much, Asayyid Saleh Qazwini and sister Leila Naji for joining us uh, on this wonderful and exceptional panel uh, and the conversation around Muslim youth and identity struggle. We hope our viewers have found this program, inshallah, beneficial, and we ask that they continue watching the Imamili Conference for the next panel, inshallah. Take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.